Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? that's the same here. And the law of first use says that wherever it's used first, these things, whatever this statement is, whatever these words are, whatever purpose it is, usually in the first use tells you more about that item, that element in scripture. And here we see a sardius stone and a jasper stone. Well, here's what's amazing and awesome. The first time it's used we're going to get a better understanding of who's sitting on this throne because of how those stones are used in Scripture. Understand, those stones we first see in Exodus, chapter 28. It's part of the breastplate of the high priest. The Lord commands Israel to create the clothing of the high priest, but also the breastplate. And he told them to create it in such a way that there were 12 stones. And those 12 stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob. And they were to be put on that breastplate in order of birth. So look at this, Exodus 28, 17 through 20. And you shall put settings of stone in it. Four rows of stones. The first row shall be, look at the first stone, a sardius, a topaz, and an emerald. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be like a turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond. The third row, a uh, jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a barrel, an onyx. And the last stone it is, a jasper. They shall be set in gold settings. And the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, 12 according to their names, that means according to their birth, like the engravings of a signet, each one with its own name. They shall be according to the 12 tribes. And so back in Revelation 4, we see this one who is sitting on the throne described by these seven, letter, or seven words. It's a jasper and a sardis stone. This is how this one is described. Well, understand this. Did you notice where those stones were located on the breastplate? It's the first stone and the last stone. Do we know anybody with that name, the first and the last? But not only that, it goes deeper. It doesn't stop there. It continues. Again, it's by birth, it's by birth um, order. And when you understand the stones represent each tribe of Israel, the first stone on the list, that first Sardis stone, is the stone of Reuben. He's the first. And the last stone is the baby of the family, and that's Benjamin. Well, they both have something in their name. You might notice this word, Ben. Benjamin, Reuben. Ben means son. Did you know that? It means son. But it doesn't stop there, because when you understand what the Hebrew word for Reuben, what it really means, it means behold a son. But the name Benjamin means the son of my right hand. Where is the Lord sitting? He's sitting at the right hand of the Ancient of Days. And then not only that, it doesn't stop there. The Sardis stone is a blood red stone. It's often called the blood stone. Blood red in color, and the jasper is pure and spotless and clear. 
And if you start looking at this and you dive into it, you see that this simple seven-word description, when you put it all together, do you realize who's on the throne? Sitting at the right hand of the Ancient of Days? It is the first and the last. He is the one who bled out for you and me. He is the one who's perfect and holy and spotless, without blemish. He is the one who's perfect. Behold the Son, the Son of my right hand. That's literally what it's saying in seven little words in Revelation chapter 4, like a jasper and a sardius stone. Remarkable. God's word is remarkable. You'll never get to the end of it. Don't even try. No, do try. Do try. But in this passage, it also tells us, this is just as important to us, it tells us that we read there are 24 other thrones surrounding this one, this throne of Jesus, this throne of the Ancient of Days. Revelation 4.4 again says, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their head. Huh. Whoever they are, they're royalty. They're perfect. They're pure. They're righteous. This is beautiful. But know this. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, he didn't tell us who was on these thrones. He didn't even mention them. We didn't even get that there were 24 thrones. So who in the world or in heaven are these elders on the thrones? Revelation chapter 5 tells us who they are. Now when we had taken the scroll, verse 8, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Do you understand? Do you realize what's being said here? These 24 elders represent something much bigger. They represent all of those saved by the blood of Christ before the tribulation. I'll show you why. And they are out of every tribe and tongue and nation, which means they are more than 24 in number. This is a representation of something much bigger, and I think you already know. It's you and me, church. This is a representation of the church, the bride of Christ. These 24 elders are us. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Because they are out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. There are more than 24 tribes and tongues and peoples and nations. We know there are millions upon millions, and we'll see that in this passage today. But they are a representation of the church. And notice they are kings and priests. We are royalty. You know, yesterday we were at the We Are Nampa event, and Wayne and I were talking, and he was talking about this teacher that once told him, you know, there are only three times in Scripture where people are called kings and priests. One, Melchizedek in the Old Testament. Second, Jesus Christ. And third, you and me, right here. Your royalty. Your royalty. We are kings and priests forever. The church is something very beautiful, very special. It's an amazing thing. But this is why in Daniel chapter 7, we don't see anything about these thrones, who's on them. Because in the Old Testament, it was concealed. The church was a beautiful mystery in Daniel's day. This is before the cross of Calvary. This is before the birth of the church. We were a beautiful mystery. Some of you still are, by the way. I'm just saying. But we are. And we know it wouldn't be unveiled until when? The time of the end, when it was unlocked. 
when we can now see who they are. And then look at this celebration in Revelation chapter 5. This is us again. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them, this is talking about the elders, was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. It's saying beyond number. Again, you're in the Bible. Do you realize that? You're in the scripture. And now compare that to our chapter today, Daniel chapter 7, verse 10. We see this same imagery. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. Whoa, what court is that? The court of our king. And you're part of it. And understand this. We will judge angels. Do you know that? We are kings and priests. Do you understand what the Lord has done for you and me? Do you understand what kind of future you and I have? Incredible, wonderful, beyond anything we can imagine or think. Remind yourself of that when times are tough, when it's hard to get out of bed on a rainy day because of arthritis or whatever else, you know. Or when you're fighting with your spouse or your kids trying to get to church. Or when you're, you got that diagnosis. Or you get that bad phone call. Remember, keep it all in perspective. Your future is wonderful. Hang on. But I love this. But notice, it's the same kind of worship service going on here. And did you notice the books are now open? And what books are those? We find out again, it's unlocked in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 through 15. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This passage alone lines up with my sermon title today. It's both troubling and wonderful. It's troubling because when we see these people cast in the lake of fire, that's forever. And when we see these people cast in the lake of fire, no doubt there are people we know and care about and love. They're also in the scripture. That's troubling to me. I don't want anyone I know or love to go to hell. I don't even want my worst enemy to go to hell. But it's troubling because they are going, those who reject the Lord. But it's wonderful because we have a glorious future. We have, we're going to be so overjoyed and part of a kingdom that never ends. We will worship the Lord and be surrounded by his love forever. It's wonderful and it's troubling. But notice back in Daniel chapter 7, God's overseeing all of this and Daniel's going to see more about the future of the Antichrist, this one who's spewing out his rhetoric. And we see the fate of the little horn, Daniel seven eleven. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. And we know Antichrist will enter hell early. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org.
Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.